0: Let's begin with a word of prayer and then we'll have some scripture reading. Our God, we thank you for this opportunity to come before you today for the time of worship we've had, for the time as we continue on in your word. Strengthen us, give us hope, give us expectancy, give us your love. We look forward to what you're going to do in our lives today and we ask you to speak to us each in our own way, in the name of Jesus, amen. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Hebrews 11 to begin with. We're going to be in three different scriptures this morning, only one of them listed. Uh, I wasn't sure if somebody was going to read the scripture or if I was going to read it, so I didn't want to give them all the scriptures that they had to read, so I didn't list them all for them, but let's begin in Hebrews 11, and just the uh, first few verses here, uh, one through six. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what was seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man God spoke well of his offerings, and by his faith he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God, and without faith, It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Amen. Paul starts out here by telling us what faith is. By what faith is. And we've heard it many, many times. And then he just goes into a whole chapter of reciting who had faith in the Old Testament that we look at. Uh, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, people of Israel, Rahab, and a host of others that he lists there. He even gets to the point and says, I don't have time to list anymore. And he just stops because there's so many people of faith. And we could continue from where Paul was, including Paul, and just start stepping forward through our own history of Jesus Christ, a people of faith, people that have faith, that take them through not just their life, but on and beyond life itself. So it's because of all this faith that Paul comes to chapter 12. And he says, therefore... who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And he's telling us to move on. Now, I would have loved at some point to do a whole sermon series just on the seven key principles of faith in this that help us to persevere in faith but I think there's one underlying that's not mentioned directly in this and that is to persevere faith through worship understanding worship I think Paul just understood that worship was a foundation of everything because of who God was you don't do anything else but I'd like to ask you some questions did you enjoy our songs this morning, our worship time? I see some head shaking and mostly just sitting there. It was okay. No, Gary, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, were you enjoying the songs this morning? Were you enjoy? Were you enjoy while enjoying the songs? Did you have joy bubbling up? Did you? See, most of us think that we're just singing kind of to be singing. It helps prepare us supposedly. You realize, of course, that you're not an audience here. Even now, you're not the audience. I'm not the performer. You are the performers. You were the performers this morning while singing. You had an audience of one, God himself. You performed this morning for God. How'd you do? How'd you do? Did you really give God your best? Did you really do everything he wanted? Did you come before him this morning with joy and thanksgiving, praising his holy name? What did you just say? It's another Sunday. We usually don't want to sing loud enough for anybody to hear that's next to us. And I know sometimes I'm that way. I've been getting over it the last few years. Been working on it. Realizing that I'm performing for my God, not for you. Why should I care what you think of how I sing? Why do you care what the person next to you or... Probably more importantly, who's sitting in front of you, care about how you sing. You're singing to God. Doesn't matter. Hmm. Wow. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's what perseverance is about. Not to grow weary and lose heart. You're coming up here to talk about bringing somebody in. Stay encouraged. I came here today to encourage you. To worship God in an excited manner. To get the whole being involved in what you're doing. I want you to go away from here. Just praising God. Happy for who you are. And God. Looking forward to what God has for you. As individuals and as a body. I want you to look forward to what God's doing, not being, oh, do we have to go through this again, and are we going to do this, and what's going to happen, and all those questions that are out there, have faith, have faith. All right, third section of scripture, Psalm 95, we're only going to go through the first seven verses, and even not all of verse seven. Let me read it for you. You're welcome to read along. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Wow. You know, so many of the Psalms start with lament. You read through, David was a great one for lamenting. But they all, without, with only one exception, all end in praise of God. You'll find that Psalm 88, David doesn't take it to the next level. He just kind of leaves it where he is in its misery. But most of them come to the point. All the others just come to that point of praising God. No matter what your circumstances, whatever you're looking at, no matter how bad it is, It's time to praise the Lord. The call to worship is the first part of this. Come, let us sing for the joy to the Lord. Let us come, sing for joy to the Lord. Wow. Do you sing with joy? Or do you sing? eh? Come, let us shout to the rock of our salvation. Remember, he saved you. He's paid the price. You're his. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. You know, there's so many times we are in prayer for supplication. We're asking God for this and that. Go on. But I don't know that we as often come back and thank him for all those things of answered prayer that he did. We just go on our way, happy that that happened the way it did. Probably not the way we prayed for God has that interesting way of answering our prayer, not in an expected manner, but completely different than what we expected. You just marvel at how he worked that together. may not have even been the answer you wanted, but it, you found it really did work the best. Hmm. Extolling with music and song. <clears throat> Do the song. I think back to, uh, where is it, Exodus, uh, um, must be around chapter 15, where we have, uh, uh, depending on your Bible, how it's headed there, the Song of Moses, and it's a lot of them say Moses and Miriam, that Moses seems to have written it, and Miriam sang it, or at least played the uh, tambourine or the temporals with it, and uh, it's got the women to all singing it, that... Uh, uh, just as a, an aside here, many theologians don't think that, that Moses wrote that, that it was inserted later, because they say the poetry is too beautiful for that time in the Hebrew history. Said it just couldn't exist back then. And I'm thinking, hmm, they haven't really met my God, have they? God does the impossible. He could help Moses to write it. I mean... He was dictating to God. I mean, God was dictating to Moses through there. Why wouldn't they come out beautiful? God had something to say. He had something to celebrate through his people. And they celebrated with it. So we see the song of Moses there coming out. And then we get into the worship. Why do we worship God? For he is the Lord, the great God. He's the great God. The King above all gods he's the highest of the high. His hands are the ones that form and reach into the depths. The mountain peaks belong to him. the sea is his, and his hands made the dry land. We worship him because he's God his he the God who is all-powerful. He is the God who is all-knowing. He is the God who is ever-present. And he is the God who never changes. He is the Lord God Almighty, worthy of all worship. Hmm. And then it says, it gives us a couple lines on how to Worship in verse 6, how they want us to worship, at least in this psalm. There's other ways in other places, but this is just in this psalm. How to worship. Come, let us bow down, and let us kneel before the Lord our God. This word bow down is taken from one that actually means to lie down. Bow down, bow down flat. You can lay flat on the ground, and you would be in with what this word is meaning. You can worship God from a position of complete surrender, of not being able to move. You can kneel before God with this and understand that he is the ruler and you bow before him. And why? Again, we come back to the same thing, for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the flock of his care. So we get into this, and we're reminded that through this, and what we're told is that we need to worship God not only in spirit, but also with your mind, your body, and your emotions. Why do this? Why, you know, most of us, I think, that many of us, I don't know that everybody does. I think there's probably a few that don't. But I think that mostly we tend to think about it. We get our mind involved with our spirit. And we tend to leave our emotions and our body out of it more. And it's harder to get those involved. I know I do. I don't know if you have the same problem I do. That's at least one of my problems. It's that I've had to work to try to get my body involved. And how to get my emotions. Now my emotions... Oh, I'm an emotional person, but I don't show it a lot most of the time. When I'm happy, I look like this. (laughs) When I'm sad, I look like this. That's about as different as I get most of the time. However, Scripture says, get into it more. Jesus reminds us in Mark twelve thirty, to love the Lord with God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Not part of it. Don't pick and choose. Use all of who you are to worship God. Use all of you who you are to put the Lord God first. Not just your mind. Not just a thing. And that's my favorite part. You know, I love preparing sermons. Getting up to, to preach is a little different. I can remember. I've done it for a long time now. Wow, when I think about it, I started preaching when, gee, better than 40 years ago. When I did my first sermon. Wasn't very good, but I still preached. Now I'm more comfortable up here. And God really does take my personality and make it different when I get up here. The person who I am in my small group, who people here will probably go, yeah, you know, he talks a lot. He thinks a lot. but he doesn't show a lot of emotion most of the time. Are probably a little surprised about who I am when I'm up here. Because God takes this unit and just kind of turns it inside out. And says, I need you to be somebody different. And I'm going to speak through you. This isn't going to be Bill speaking. This is going to be Jesus speaking. And I've always believed God works through me. And God comes in, fills me, and allows me to speak to you. Otherwise, I wouldn't have the courage to get up here. I really wouldn't. But getting my emotions involved, that's a whole different thing. And I can remember, I thanked a a guitar player one time. Electric guitar player used to play in a rock and roll band. He was playing in a church worship team. And every once in a while, he would play a guitar solo on that electric guitar. And wow, it was a sound I was not used to. My rock and roll was different from his rock and roll. But that electric guitar just screamed. And I think a lot of people in the congregation that was there would have thought, yuck. Now a lot of the younger people probably didn't and there were a lot of them there, but some didn't like it. But me being some of the older, not the oldest there, went up to him afterwards and said, I appreciate what you played today. I appreciate it because you know what happened? I said, you took my emotions to a place they've never been before. That screaming guitar, when he went up there, took my emotions to a level. I felt like I was floating or flying beyond myself. I was just out in my emotions that I'd never felt before because of the way that guitar just screamed. It was wonderful, a place I'd never experienced before, and I thanked him for that. Because I've remembered that and worked with that and allowed God to bring other things into my life that help my emotions to get involved. His word does it some. I get excited when I see these things. Now, getting into Hebrews can be rather mind centered. Hebrews is one of those books full of theology, I mean, hardcore theology where you can get in and spend a lifetime trying to learn what Paul was, or the writer, I'm one of those who believe it was Paul, but you can believe whoever, that uh, the writer of Hebrews was one who challenged people and setting things out and had a real grasp on who God was. Wow. You could really think about that. But a lot of it's kind of hard to get your emotions on. going with. You read it for a little bit, you start studying it for a while, and you go, oh, wow, God, it's great. But I don't know that it gets you pumped up to where you're ready to go out outside and just yell at the top of your, your voice, praise Jesus. You know, I don't know if any of us would do that. <clears throat> but there should be something there that drives us. When we come here in the morning, we should be joyous and come and just be excited. I want to encourage you to be excited in Jesus Christ. I want you to be excited about who he is. I want you to be excited about what he has for you. No matter where you are in life. Now it's been, I guess, since, it's, since I was there here till 2004, it's now 22. That, uh, I guess it's been about 18 years since I've been here. I've changed a lot in the last 18 years. I expect you have too. That you look at yourself, at least I hope you have. I hope that you've found that you can be a person that it still loves life, that you still look forward to things, that you still want to do certain things. Hmm. Worship for God, for who he is. Worship God with everything you have. Do you have great joy? Can you take another step toward allowing others to see that joy in you? There used to be a Christian community that... Uh, um, used to talk about the joy of Christians. He says most Christians look like they've gone around eating green persimmons. I thought that was so adequate. Going around with frown on their lips, you know, kind of pucker and all, and not looking too happy. Where's the joy of your salvation? Where's the excitement of who God is? That's what you should be. I challenge you, take another step in the joy of the Lord. You don't have to make a big leap. I mean, if you've always sat there and you've never raised your hands, maybe you can just, you know, like this. You don't have to raise them high. Just get your body involved. You can shift back and forth. Instead of just standing there, shift your weight to the music. Whether you can keep time or not doesn't matter. Just move back and forth. Enjoy yourself. Start to move more. Start to do more because it helps to release your emotions and your emotions help to release your body. Get in that cycle. We're used to the mind controlling our faith with our spirit, but we aren't used to the cycle many times of our emotions with our body. Now, I know one gentleman here, at least, is extremely into sports. And I would say that in most cases, most people consider him a fanatic. But I also find him a fanatic in Christianity, in his Christian walk with God. Are you a sports fanatic of any type? Are you a fanatic of anything else? Hmm. Are you a fanatic of God? Are you willing to get out there, smile, be happy in a world that isn't so happy? Hmm. Take another step. Take another step. Our God, I want to thank you for this time. Father, I just want to encourage each one of us to take another step towards you. No matter where we are, if we're excited about life and we're happy about it, still put us over the moon for it. But God, if we've always been locked down and haven't had our emotions out much, help us to start exploring no matter what age we are. Help us to let go of some of those emotions, to let them out. To let them come to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. In your name, I truly pray, amen.